0: 4357. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Uh, we're going to bring you guys up We kind of a somber episode last week, but we, we need to talk about it. We need to put it out there and, and let you know everything that happened, what we went through, and what Chandler went through. Uh, on this week's episode, we're going to try to bring it back up, and we're going to talk about Absolution, which happened in July. But before we get to that, of course, we want to thank all of our sponsors that help us bring this show to you free each and every week. We want to thank Angelo's Pizza, which, of course, you can try Angelo's Pizza at any of our live events at Mount Carmel. And if you want something other than their pizza, we encourage you to head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. It's award-winning pizza, but they have so much else uh, that they can offer you. Also, thanks to Smartmark Video. You mentioned this episode is about Absolution, and that's at smartmarkvideo.com. Download the MP4 or purchase the DVD along with plenty of of more in the AIW library in which you can purchase and watch. And as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our printing and graphic design needs, flyers, banners, uh, merchandise that you purchase, literally anything that you can think of. They've got that for you. They do it for us already. Head to jackprince.com. That's J-A-K
1: Prince.com.
0: That's right, and that voice that you just heard is none other than the president of AIW, Matt Wadsworth. He will be joining me on this episode, as well as always, uh, as the owner of AIW, John Thorne. Hello. There you go. And my name is Steve Guy. I'll be your moderator of sorts. And as I mentioned, we're talking about Absolution. Absolution 12, John Thorne. 12 years in the making.
2: (laughs) That's a long, long, long
1: time. (laughs) We've been doing this for a while.
2: (laughs) And before we get into that, uh, I just wanted to say Jack Prince has given us a new discount code. Ooh, there we go. You can save up to 20% off all of your orders of $25 or more. Uh, It is a multi-use code. cannot be combined with any other offer. Maximum discount will be $200 off of your order. And that promo code is ABSOLUTE. The number two CLE, absolute two CLE, to save up to 20% off your order at jackprints.com.
0: You can save up to $200. That's a pretty substantial amount right there.
2: Yeah, let's uh, you know, let's make some merch. Let's get some stuff printed up. Even if you don't want to sell merchandise, just get a fucking vinyl banner printed up and hang it outside your door. There you go. Let your neighbors know who the fuck you are.
1: Yeah, show them what's <laughs> up. That would have been a great way to introduce yourself to the new neighborhood. <laughs> that might just do it. <laughs>
2: It's gonna, it's gonna be twenty percent off. There you go,
1: you're welcome, folks. Saving
0: you some dollars. At least we're trying to here
2: at AIW. Jack Prince literally prints everything that you can imagine. So use that promo code. Uh, you know, every little bit you you know you use it, uh, they you know they kick a little bit back to us. Helps us uh, pay for our podcast hosting and all this equipment that we have that we've got on a credit card that's still Fabulous not paid equipment. off. So, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got to say about that. That's my plug-ski. All right.
0: Well, if you folks, and we know that most of you do, as you've listened to AIW's The card is Going to Change, you know at this point we released an episode a few weeks ago which re- we recorded with none other than Swaggle. He sat in with us, and we mentioned on that episode that we were recording the night before Absolution 12. So, really, the story starts... <coughs> The night before Absolution Twelve, John Thorne, we had the usual uh meeting, I guess you would call it. It was you, myself, Swaggle and, and Shayna Baszler hanging yeah.
2: out. We go out for, we, we go out for a little for a little corporate uh corporate meeting. Retreat? Yeah, meeting? I don't Retreat? know what we call it. It's actually just drinking at some shitty bar. <laughs> Does that happen? What bar was that? The Richland? The Richland Cafe. You wanna give them the shout out? Fake shout out. fake Becky Lynch? Oh man. Shout out.
0: Shout out to fake Becky Lynch, who was wearing underwear. Swoggle, (laughs) just to be just throw, just to be known.
2: Swoggle's got a weird thing with his bartender. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, So that was the night before, and then the next day, of course, we have our typical business meeting. Uh, I think maybe some people want to know we relocated our business meeting because our usual office uh, left a little bit to desire. So we shifted gears. Went to a new business location. Uh, had our business meeting there, myself, John Thorne, and Swaggle. And it was there that we learned. And Nick Sanka. And bartender Nick Sanka, that's right. He made it out for this meeting. Always good to have the bartender there. Uh, especially since we were just, just getting things organized for the day. You know, yeah. We've got a big day ahead of us. We, of course, were, we were talking about having new beer at Absolution 12. We got you guys some platform beer. Tested that out. Let us know if you liked it or not. Uh, so had to have bartender Nick Sanka there.
2: Yeah, that deal came together pretty, pretty, pretty uh, down to the wire to get the the platform beer sponsorship for Absolution. Uh, if you guys want us to uh, try to get that going going forward, tweet us and let us know you want to see platform beer back at the the uh, the beer stand. If not, you know, you'll get to have to deal with your PBRs. Yeah,
0: there you go. Uh, and and then it was while we were sitting at the meeting also. That
2: we found out. Hold on, little segue. PBR official sponsor of Russell Razor Two Electric Boogaloo. Thanks to PBR for sponsoring uh, Russell Razor Two Electric Boogaloo.
0: Yeah, and now that's class. Thanks for everybody who came out this past weekend. Uh, hope you we, hope you guys had a great time.
2: Yeah, I mean it was fun. Yeah.
0: Different environment. We'll get back to that, but. Uh You know we're sitting at this business meeting, and as we had already announced, everybody, our guest of honor at Absolution Twelve, huge meet and greet for all of you, a great seminar for guys up in company coming in the business, none other than the Enforcer Arn Anderson, and uh, he almost didn't make it. There you go. We (laughs) it wouldn't be Absolution without it. uh, Yeah, if you listened to the Swaggle podcast, you know that already. Dave the Potato was very excited about. picking up arn anderson yeah he thought he was was getting that thought he's getting that contract from the wwe (laughs) thought he was going up there and instead that quickly turned into uh hey man not sure when arn anderson's gonna make it
2: yeah so uh you know they made their arrangements the you know day or two before and then uh potato goes to the airport to get him he gets a phone call from arn he's delayed uh gets another phone call from arn he's delayed again uh, Arn was supposed to land He's not there he gets another phone call He's still not on the plane uh, So this goes on and on and on uh, He's supposed to land at 1pm And his seminar was going to start at 3pm
0: Can you tell everybody What your conversation with Arn Anderson was His plan of that day
2: Oh he wanted to go get a good pump on <laughs> So he's looking good for the meet and greet <laughs> <laughs> right, Arn's
1: still a, a thick dude Yeah, yeah He, was he still wanted that extra pump
2: that was a big, uh, you know, uh, that was a big, big part of uh, him agreeing to do all this. Was uh, he was going to have time to go hit the gym and get a good pump in, so he's looking good for the uh, for the meet and greet. Uh, so you know, I I made arrangements with Old School Iron. That's where our uh, wrestling school is. Uh, Arn Anderson was going to go in there, and he was going to, you know, he's going to clang and bang some iron and uh you know get you know get pumped up for everybody at the meet and greet looking so he's looking jacked baby uh in the words of uh booker t on that one weird pay-per-view pre-show yeah looking jacked baby uh Arn wanted to look jacked for all of you in cleveland at absolution 12 uh Arn did not get the chance to look jacked as jacked as he yeah, wanted i was gonna to.
1: say he still looked jacked he's jacked he's as not fuck. a small dude
2: he's still jacked as fuck but he he didn't get a chance to get that fucking swell going uh, because Arn was supposed to land at three or he and was supposed one. to land at one. His seminar was supposed to start at three. Arn Anderson landed at three 30, uh, did not have time to hit that pump, but came straight from the airport yeah. to the seminar. Uh, everyone was already there, warmed up, uh, waiting for him. Uh, he literally just, you know, went from the airport into Dave, the Potato's car, uh, went right to Mount Carmel, Walked in with his bags and went right to the ring and said, For those of you who don't know, my name is Arn Anderson, and just started doing his <laughs> seminar. Uh, and, uh, you know, for, everyone says the seminar was awesome. I won't reveal uh, too much of it because uh, none of you paid to do it.
1: Yeah. If you didn't pay, <laughs> screw you. But uh, <laughs> don't give me I a t- you for the next out. one.
2: Everyone says it was very informative and, uh, you, know, it, you know, potentially some things could be happening for some guys in the future uh, based on, uh, you know, their performance at the seminar, uh, which is good. Which is why you should probably do every seminar you can that has a WWE employee. Yeah, uh, yeah at as, it. as one
1: of the top creative minds. I at hear Raw. there's another
2: one. There's another one coming up soon. Yeah, Dean Malenko is coming up. Also a WWE employee. In the uh, Next
1: couple of weeks here, folks. September should, the 15th, back st- in Mount
2: Carmel. Still, there's still probably five spots remaining, so you should probably sign up for that. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, everyone was very, very excited about the Arn Anderson clinic. It goes about two hours, uh, and then he's all sweaty. And uh, he wants to go take a shower. So for those of you who are wondering why we l- opened a little bit later than 6 p.m., because uh, Arn Anderson wanted to take a shower. He couldn't get that fucking yeah, swell on. Couldn't get swole. On. Not only, did he, swole, he, yeah, not only so. did he want to look jacked for you, he wanted to make sure he, he knows, was nice he, and clean He doesn't want to be sweaty. Nice. He, want to, yeah. he
1: doesn't want people to be like, hey, man, you met Arn Anderson. How was that? Well, it kind of smelled, man. Yeah, <laughs> he did. so uh,
2: he, he shot back to his hotel real quick and uh, took a shower and freshened up. <laughs> Uh, and just like the seminar, uh, we had doors open and he rolled in and, uh, went to his table and just started doing the meet and greet right from there. Uh, he was nothing, nothing but awesome. Like I I was going to say he was, he couldn't be, have been nicer. Right. Like, I mean, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you book, you book people, uh, you know, especially these guys from, you know, a different era. He's essentially been wrestling for like 30 straight years, uh, or been involved, you know, in major, major contracted wrestling for 30 straight years. Uh, so, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You know, this guy works for WWE's very high ranking official. You know, he could have been a, a total dickhead and everybody oh, would, have, everybody would have accepted it.
0: And yeah. This guys in the hall of fame
2: and, uh, four horsemen, he could not have been cooler and just more chilled out. Like awesome dude kept calling me the brass, which, uh, <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> I kept, uh, kept asking where the brass was and, you know, uh, Ask me, you know, if everything went okay. Um, you know, I, I guess he very much enjoyed his experience because uh, Monday at RAW, he was uh, telling people that know us how much fun he had. So, shout out to everybody that attended the clinic and uh, participated in the meet and greet. Uh, Arn Anderson was bragging about all of you backstage yeah. at RAW. Well, on that's Monday. a great
0: impression. Which also, as we're giving shout outs related to Arn Anderson, big shout out to Kurt Hawkins.
1: Yeah, our, our wonderful the, friend there. A big going he was a, to bat.
2: Yeah, he was a big, you know, uh, I won't go into the whole how this came to be, but uh, it, it, you can't just book a, a WWE employee. There are channels that you need to go through and things you need to do, and Kurt uh, Hawkins was a big, big, big factor in uh, kind of, you know, moving this along increasing Creasing the wheels a little bit. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people are like, oh man, why were you guys booking Kurt Hawkins before? Like he wasn't doing all these cool moves on your shows. Kurt Hawkins is a fucking uh, well, well, well-respected worker. He's fantastic and uh, better. I've said it before, better in the ring than most people realize, and uh, a good dude who uh, you know went to bat for us. When honestly, when I had this idea, we definitely needed somebody to go to bat for us because uh, it was not. It's not an easy process what I had to go through and what I'm, you know, but it went well and now the door is open for more in the future. And uh, that's, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, You know, I don't want to say too much, but uh, shout out to Curt Hawkins for, you know, helping, uh, helping this happen.
0: Well, and so now let's get into the event itself. Uh, It's Absolution 12. We were all excited about it, uh, but again, as this comes off of a a somber episode, it, it does start on a somber note. Um, for those of you who attended, we did we did the ten bell salute well, for Chandler. and I mean, before we could it
2: not? Before that happens, uh, you know, I did I could not be there for it. I I didn't want to. Uh, yeah, I did not. I did not want to get myself in that kind of headspace before the event started. Uh, I know Matt Wadsworth, you were there. There was a private locker room meeting that was essentially just for talent uh, and staff without me. Uh, and uh, I guess you could probably speak on that a little bit better. I specifically did not I did not want to be there, not only to not get myself into that headspace, but uh, I think that there is, uh, at times, needs to be a disconnect between uh, the boys and the management. Sure. And uh, this was for the boys, and I, I guess you could explain that, what, what exactly happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it started as a, a fairly standard one for us. Uh, the locker room meetings, not necessarily every show, but traditionally we have them. Uh, B.J. Whitmer used to be a big part of it, and Josh Prohibition's kind of taken on that role as a little bit, little bit of a locker room leader. And obviously this was a show that it was needed. It was the first one after Chandler passed. Um, you know, So he explained that we were going to do, in addition to all the normal rules. he explained that we were going to be doing a 10-bell salute. We'd like to have everyone down at the ring. Um, and just kind of opened the floor up. If anybody else had anything they wanted to say, and uh, Eddie Kingston stepped up, and King's a guy that's that's been around for quite some time, and and even more than Chandler. I mean, he brought up he's seen a lot of a lot of his friends pass. He's lost some guys that he was real close to, and he he talked about how hard this one kind of hit him losing Chandler. Um, and, and the relationship he had with Chandler is he's been around with us for a number of years as well. Um, and it was, I mean, when you see a guy like King break up a little bit and get emotional, it kind of sets the tone and, and lets you know the kind of guy, you know, some of these guys like, like a Tom Lawler never met Chandler. Right. You know, some of these guys came along after Chandler had gotten sick. So they may not. They realize he meant something, but he. They see somebody more than just us talking about it. They see Eddie Kingston talking about it. Uh, Eric Ryan stepped out, and he. You saw all of us involved with the show had the armbands on. Uh, with, he was. He was the one that got. He those was the made. one that. Yeah, Eric got that those Had them made, him made and, and set it up, and he let him, let us know in the locker room. Um, he provided them down there for anybody, and had a, a paint marker to write whatever you wanted to something that. That stuck you close to Chandler. Um,
2: yeah, I know. You know, a, a lot of people. He had. I think mine might have been different than everybody else's. mine was like a nice and yours was actually one. yeah, like uh, a
1: sewn on one. He gave uh, everybody
2: kind of like these blank canvases, and uh, and a marker so they can write their own personal message to Chandler. So it wasn't just like this, you know, generic. Uh, you know, uh, just Chandler or CB or initials or anything like that. It, it was uniform but personal right. So each yeah. person. So everyone can kind of express themselves because, you know, the, these are a bunch of wrestlers, you know. The, they're not the most uh, willing to open up. Uh, you know, everyone's supposed to be a tough guy or a tough girl or whatever you want to call it. So uh, Eric kind of wanted to do this to kind of provide people a somewhat of, of a Way to express themselves and kind of maybe you know get that off their chest, whatever they wanted to say in in their own private way.
0: Yeah, especially if you didn't want to speak on it, but you still want to show something. And also on that note, uh, Eric had plenty of them <coughs> in stock with the idea in mind. which he did do is let me bring this for the fans because as as we've talked about here before, uh, and anybody's heard us just in person, we we talked about Chandler. Uh, he he was as much a part of the fans' lives as he was the boys in the locker room and everybody else. So there are a lot of fans that felt close to him, and Eric provided those uh, arm bands for them. So thank you to the fans that went ahead, and, and really, because this was done on donation, Eric donated the bands, and then you folks donated that money. So thank you for those of you who quote-unquote purchased them and donated that money to help out uh, Chandler's family. Because that's what you did with that money if you gave some to Eric for those armbands and and created your
1: own personal message. So that was awesome. And Eric did make the point downstairs during the meeting. He said, listen, I'll have them at my merch table, but it wasn't like, oh, you have to send them over to me to get them. He said, you know, you have somebody down there, somebody asks about it, somebody wants one. Let me know. We'll pass it down. We'll pass the box down, whatever they want to throw in. He said, I won't even know at the end of the night what's in the box. He said, I'm not opening it. I'm not when all said and done i'm just going to walk over and hand that box to to chandler's mom cuz chandler's family was there that night
0: uh, which yeah was the next thing i was going to say is we as we do the the 10 bell salute uh his mother is there his stepfather is there uh his grandmother his brother
2: i, I think his stepfather wasn't there but his uncle uh, his it, step- you know you're right i think yeah you know, his it, uncle was there because he does he does have chandler does have a stepbrother that has some developmental disabilities, so the yes. stepfather ha- had to stay with him but his uncles were there his cousins were there his, his brother his mother his grandmother was there uh, so, which I thought was good because, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't think people realize, you know, I, I guess a lot of you are listening to this, you know, you're in the industry or you're, you know, you're fans of wrestling. Uh, you don't realize that like promoting or being involved in wrestling. Isn't that cool to your family? Like, it's just no. the thing that <laughs> no. you yeah. do, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, maybe it's a, to some of them, it's a thing you never grew out of as a child. So, uh, you know i, I thought that it, w- it was special that chandler's family could finally come and see what he was dedicating his life to because the, the way people think and their perception in their head of what it is we do compared to actually what it is we do is are is totally different so you know when his like his family being able to see that i thought was a very special thing because you know like when my mom passed away, she never she never came to see AIW. Like you know, she came to the first ever thing I did when I was fifteen, and that was it. So you know, that was her perception of basically what I did. Uh, but when she passed away, she never got to see what it turned into, and that was like a big kind of regret for me. So re- like after she passed away, I made sure all my family came to a show once, uh, just so you know, just so they could see it, so they could be like, look, I'm you know, like this is this is what I'm doing.
0: Well, and look for those of you who are in attendance, and I mean, the estimation is
2: what John six seven hundred strong maybe. I would I would there. I would say between five and six. I don't I like I don't know. You know, like we like I've said in the past, we don't keep very good books. But I I can tell you that uh, pre-sale was over 450 tickets. And this that is standing room only for sure. That is a legit pre. That's legit pre-sale, and we've sold a lot more tickets at the door. There was a lot
1: of walk-up as well.
2: So I don't. I, mean, I, I can't put a number on it. It's over five. I I, I won't. Uh, I won't say anything more than five. I don't because I don't know. I just know it's over five. I'm not gonna sit here and you know. Sure. say it's some crazy number when I don't know for sure, but it's over 500. Uh, and for everyone to come out and support like that and his family to see it, I think really kind of like registered like, wow, you know, like this is what he was spending all his time on.
0: Well, and to to go beyond that, what I, what I want to say is, is thank you to those people because as the wrestlers, you know, as I stood inside the ring with Pedro and Pedro uh, spoke about Chandler, and you know, then it ring the bell, and we do the ten bell salute, and everybody surrounding the ring in terms of talent, staff, and and you know, pounding and smacking on the ring apron, for Chandler's family to not just witness that, but then those of you who came out and came out strong to give off that thank you Chandler chant. That wasn't just you know, we're saying thank you Chandler a couple times, but.
2: It, yeah, it went on for it, a while. Was a really it went on for jam. a
0: while. Yeah, I mean it. And, I don't think it's crazy to say it went on for a couple minutes, maybe.
2: And you know, it's no consolation for them to lose you no. know a family member, but you know, his mom uh, did speak to me, and she was just so overwhelmed with like positivity. Yeah, probably since for for the first time since it all happened, because you know she was just like she was so moved by everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, especially the crowd. I mean, you know, there's only so much that I or anyone else could go and have a conversation with her but to feel that you know that was a that was a feeling I'm I'm standing in in
0: that ring and as much and John you and I talked about this multiple times since Chandler passed like every time we feel like we're going to be sad something happens and we laugh and we smile about it and this was one of those moments where I'm standing in there and Pedro's talking and I'm like I'm I'm, I'm gonna lose this and then I gotta come back out and I gotta start the show man I don't know I can do this but then that crowd takes over, and all of that happens, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking out at the family, I'm looking at all these guys surrounding the ring, and I'm feeling that crowd, and it was hard to, it was hard to be sad. It was hard to be sad. It was. You got I all mean, those
1: goosebumps. Because during the, I mean, during itself, and I remember one of the things I remember about it. Aaron Bauer is a couple people down from John and I. John and I were standing next to each other in the ring, and Eric Ryan was right next to me, and I think Aaron was on the other side of Eric. And he made a, a quick beeline for us right after it was checked on both of us. Said, you know, you're okay. And I remember what I told him in time. I said, well, I get, I got a decent walk to the commentary table. By the time I get there, I should be composed. I'll yeah. be okay, you know. But it was. I mean, it really kind of, it, it was just to stand there and take all that it in. It was
2: like, I, I wasn't sad. I was more proud. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It was like, uh, very well, like when I went out there, I was dreading it. Like,
1: totally dreading Same. doing it. Uh, I think everybody was well because you went to stop short of the ring because you, uh, Stephen Pedro were the first two through and you and I were right after them.
2: Yeah, I was just and gonna do. We it.
1: were we stopped almost at the end of the the aisle there. We were a good fifteen feet away from the ring and you said let's let's stop here. And then as guys filtered out, you it, said, "Okay, uh, come on." Cause you know,
2: I just didn't realize how many people were coming out in there, and you know there was people stayed for the seminar and uh, all sorts of people just wanted to come out and and give respect. So like we end up filling that whole area and around the ring, but uh, I was dreading it. And then the, just the energy, you know what I mean? Like uh, I know that that can never be recreated. No uh, ever again. But like uh, if it, like if you could bottle that up, that is like uh, the most positive feeling that I've probably ever felt in my life. Which is it sounds awful to say, but it was just like this weird sense of like, wow, like this is like this is like serious love.
1: Well, and that's absolutely what it, it does seem like you're making an odd statement because of the the situation that led to it. But it was the it wasn't the situation; it was the atmosphere. It was that outpouring of support. I think I had tweeted out after mm-hmm. the show, yep. essentially, had said, you know, thank you for everyone that came out, that supported us, that showed that love and support. Because it really did mean the world to all of us. It was, you know, that's a moment that could have been one of the hardest things that any of us ever did, and there were there were five, six hundred people strong just lifting us through it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, going into it, like John said, I was dreading it as well. In, in my mind, I'm thinking, I look, I might be that person, might have to be the person that that talks about this, and I talked to Pedro because I knew that he has known Chandler so much longer. So Pedro, do you want to be this person? And we kind of looked at each other like,
2: I don't know that either one of us can handle this. Uh, but I said, and this, I is init- you, this is, this and is like, for you. Pedro said, like, you know, uh, people had asked, do you want anything to be said? And I I didn't officially I would say, initially, we did said we weren't going to say anything. I didn't want anything to be said, but I told Pedro, I said, uh, use your discretion if it needs to be done. Uh because people wanted me to talk and I just did not, I was not in a position to do that. Um, and I told Pedro, I said, if, you know, if you feel it's right, uh, let, let's do it, let's do it. You know what I mean? But if not, you know, let, let's just, let's just see how it goes, honestly. And, uh, you know, he said some things and uh, uh, I think that that added to kind of the positivity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, then we can't, everyone kind of went to the back and, you know, we, we composed ourselves for a few minutes and got, got the show going.
0: And, and and I thought of this it, it, if if you watch the DVD or anything, if Gary puts this out there, literally, I said this into the camera as I'm walking out once we started the show because this was a thought of mine. Was when I the first time I ever ring announced for AIW, the only people I really knew within AIW were you guys and of course Chandler because you know I was doing another podcast at the time and I had a good relationship with John and Chandler and it was just spur of the moment that I ended up ring announcing that first show well
1: cuz I almost had to do double duty yeah. you were just doing pre-show stuff so
0: I walk out there and I get in the ring and my moment of calm was to look in the corner of the front door and just look at Chandler and grab it for myself and be like okay I see him I've got somebody here I gotta be okay, and that's one other thing I said. You know, in the camera, like this is this has been a big thing for me. Is I, I, and I've done it every show since I realized. Like I look out there and I look for him, and I know that that can't happen. And and I knew that going into it, and, and that hit me. And I, and I guess for everybody else on here, and for everybody else that was in the locker room, me saying that is really just to to say because of. Moments and stories like that. Thank you to everybody for that positivity, that love that John and and Wadsworth have talked about. Because for me personally, after thinking that it was going to be somber and I was going to be dreading it, I could not have been more jacked up for that show.
2: I mean, and than gonna, what that crowd gave me. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, s- straight up, you know, like uh, we had uh, a few commitments uh, booked, which you know. W- throughout throughout the year and i going into absolution i wanted to cancel them all yeah. i wanted to cancel them and just be done uh just because it just did not it just did not feel right to me uh, uh that crowd changed it and made me yeah kind of realize and uh, also you know his his family talking to me saying like you can't stop this now
1: you know what right I mean? that's the last thing he would have wanted like he
2: and i truly did going into that day i want i I wanted yeah, yeah. I wanted to stop until it got going and I realized it was going to be okay and you know there was like everything was going as as well as it could uh it definitely changed my mind you know going into that day the these august shows that, that just happened they were not even scheduled, those got scheduled. No, those were very. Fact, yeah, yeah, those were. Those got scheduled like a week later. You know, worldwide had uh, been trying to get this now that's class thing going, and I would never, I wouldn't commit to it. He, you know, he's like, "Let's do it on this date." Let he would talk about this date, and I would never say yes. I said yes that night. I said Monday. Go figure it out. Well, so I mean, again, for for
0: all of us, thank you guys, and you know, we just came off of a, a somber episode. We're not trying to do that, but we didn't cover. What a Chandler and Absolution together meant to us uh you know leading into the show and that's part of the Absolution episode. So we want to make sure that we we got that out there. We had to.
1: What's up everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Keller here and Everyone wants to talk about the strong style these days. Well, this sweatshirt right here I'm looking at from the Thrift Store Jobber. Strong as hell. It is an acid-washed, crew-neck, great muta sweatshirt. I could just... Larietto Brain Shining Wizard Any motherfucker with this thing on. Oh, gotta watch the language. No, it's Japan. You can swear however much you fucking want. Anyway, at Thrift Store Jobber on Instagram... Etsy, eBay, use the promo code Worldwide and get 10% off Worldwide.
0: So now we can go into the show itself, which, as we've we've alluded to, we were jacked up for thanks to you guys in the audience getting us in that mindset, ready to go, putting on the best show we can for Chandler. Everybody doing their part, and uh, it, it kicked off
2: with the Duke. With the Duke, it's a little, it's <laughs> a, a little funny story for that. He said, uh, "You know, uh, he, the Duke was a little." Uh, I don't I don't know if he was nervous or offended that he was first but uh he said he said oh I thought you would have uh, started with something maybe a little bit more exciting I think <laughs> I think in his mind thinking that the the old versus new would have went on first
1: right well cuz at one point that was talked about that it was like not, as yeah. of I think as of the Tequila Jack show it was ta- as of night of the creeps you were saying that was the opener
2: I was thinking about it and then I thought well how's the duke ever going to follow that and uh, I looked at the Duke and I said, well, it's less about starting hot and more about just getting it over with. <laughs> <laughs> so we have... The Duke because the Duke, won, the Duke was a last minute replacement. That was, meant, was supposed to And be, that's yeah, what I was going to say. The build to it was Tolar. But uh, Tolar ended up getting a, a new job and he was sent to Florida on that day. Uh, so uh, the earliest that he could get back for the show was 11 p.m which just was not going to yeah, work. Yeah, they're
1: not going on main event. Right. So,
2: <laughs> so you know, uh, Old Faithful himself, the Duke, had sli- got himself on another absolution card. Which still makes sense
0: because when you think back to it, this almost year-long feud with yeah. Dominic Garini has always been somebody
2: and the Duke. and Yeah,
1: whoever Duke hired.
2: And as much as I bust the Duke's balls, I knew starting with the Duke was the Duke's high spot because you, you put the Duke on anywhere else in that card and he's not gonna get that fresh reaction. the I knew that putting the Duke out the first thing out of the curtain after this big somber moment was going to make people go, yes, we're at a wrestling show. you know what I mean? This we is,
1: is boo and cheer. this is not and,
2: you know, this is not a a funeral or a wake. this is th- this is a wrestling show. So I sent the Duke out there first to set the tone for the night, which was, all right, everybody, now it's time to have fun. Let this fucking guy have it, and uh, you know the the Duke doesn't understand. Maybe that that's his that's that is his spot. You know the Duke gets very upset when we talk about him on this podcast. I just want to say that right now. He, <laughs> but he, look, I'll say it if you won't. He delivered at absolution. Uh, he no, and I knew that he would in that position. Uh, uh, but I I don't think he understands that like everyone is in on the joke of like fucking with him now. Yeah, and uh, he came out before
0: I even did intros. Before Dominic, before Dominic Garini comes out, and maybe when they were both in the ring before I even introduced him, because I think it happened on two occasions. He got a Comic Con chance just because of his appearance on this up ep- on uh, the card is going to change.
2: Yeah, so uh, I knew that that was. I knew the starting number one. It didn't matter what the Duke did in the ring his being the first thing people saw was going to be, uh, his high spot. He, he didn't have to do anything after that, honestly, because I knew that that was going to set the tone for the night that, Hey, this is a wrestling event. And, uh, this is fucking the number one guy that we could fuck with. And, uh, (laughs) we're just going to get the night started. And, uh, you know, I, I I thought it was a good match. The Duke was, you know, definitely went out there and, uh, was trying to, uh, prove himself. Uh, yeah, you know, and, uh, in a different aspect, it's uh, not
1: just a young man's game he decided he won well, and uh, he he did feed me beforehand and with uh with the fact that something that even I can't take credit for knowing he said he had never submitted an a i w since his first match. he said he tapped out to j t in his first a i w match, and it, according to him had never submitted since then, of course, he would know that
0: <laughs> he, he keeps track of his record, yeah, absolutely. Well, and so that was that. We've talked about the Duke enough. But I will give the Duke props that uh, oh. you know, he,
2: he started the show off hot.
0: There you go. And then as rivalries were concerned, this was a brand new one, courtesy of Back to the Future
2: Cup, uh, but people were ready for it. Frankie Flynn and P.B. Smooth. And, you know, this goes into our, you know, continuing to try to develop guys uh, going forward. Um and uh, you know th- this is just a perfect example of that two two homegrown guys out of our school uh, getting a chance to you know showcase themselves on on the big on the big show uh, and, and as you'll notice you know if, if if you pay attention there are a lot of our students that are coming into their own and you know becoming, I don't want to say stars, but like uh, you know, featured players uh, on the show that people do not dread to see. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, in, in a well, more descriptive tone, people looked forward to this.
1: And look at even, especially the the new attitude, Frankie. The after he uh, yeah. after oh, he yeah. jumped PB Smooth after he turned on him, I got that haircut. People, people genuinely enjoy. Him. I mean, his promo was just incredibly intense afterwards. And people are genuinely he beat the hell out of uh, out of Parker Pierce. Right. <laughs> For real. For real? Yep. <laughs> As we covered on that episode. So I mean, he people were excited to see him when he came out.
2: And I think, you know, um, this just kind of goes to mine and Chandler's vision of when we started the school, to not shove them down people's throats but have it be a slow burn to where people accept them at their own pace. Uh, cause we, you know, we very well could have just put them on every single show and just rode those ticket sales and, you know,
1: said, oh, sure. fuck it. You know Until what I mean? you burned them out. Right. Know.
2: But, uh, we were kind of looking at the, at this school from day one as more of a long, a long term project, uh, to develop, you know, for, like, literally develop for the future of AIW. Uh, especially, you know, Mr. Whiskers.
1: Mr. Whiskers had something to say to me.
2: Especially since, uh, you know, the, uh, the current landscape of independent wrestling is, is is getting very 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 thin. Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, it, as well as you know the the video market is not what it used to be. You know, the, the prices out uh, not prices, but the income off video sales is going down, and prices for these select premier talents that are left are going up. So economically, that just it, it's sooner or later the bubble is going to burst on on a lot of things. So. A few years ago, we said, you know, we're going to try to actually really develop guys and uh, not shove them down people's throats and uh, handle it with, you know, with kid gloves, so to speak. And this is a perfect example of slow burning these guys to where now, you know, they're not in the main event, but, you know, here they are featured on on the biggest show of the year and uh, people were excited to see them. And you could create a story that is unique to your
0: promotion by doing that. Right. Right. You know, people might you might see PB Smooth and Frankie Flynn and some other promotion down the line because they are definitely getting uh, a lot of work elsewhere. Well, the say AIW are students are, to, yeah. but you're not going to see it
2: created in this aspect. And people know people know that they're AIW guys at this point. They've been branded, sure. And uh, you know this this match was a perfect opportunity to bring in more. More people and feature them, and which is that's what I was going to say next. Yeah, the, the debut of you know, uh, we planted the seeds, people didn't even probably realize it. Uh, you know, PB Smooth cuts that promo and he says, Frankie Flynn, you better find a supporting cast. Well, Frankie right. Flynn went out and found a supporting cast and uh, enter the production. Derek Director, uh, formerly known as Derek Direction, and uh, Colby Red, uh, have joined uh, Frankie Flynn's theater troupe. Uh, he's got himself a couple of theater goons. So, uh, you know, we're going to see how that develops over time, but, uh, you know... You've already seen more of them at this point, if you've been to our our last couple of
0: smaller shows, so uh, keep looking forward to the growth of
2: Frankie Flynn's And And, you know, it's just another way to get more people on, you know, Derek Direction started training at our school, and Colby Red's been training at our school for about a year now, so... Mm -hmm. You know, it it does it does benefit people to even if you're trained to come to our school because you know, it, like I said, it's hard for me to sit and uh, book somebody off of off a of video. But you know, uh, if you're if you can and you can come to the school and I I can actually see and work with you and other people there can work with you. Uh, you know, this is how these ideas come together. P- you know, these people were just around and it's you know, uh, a shout out to Aaron Bauer who kind of uh, you know he he had a little bit to do with this creative process as well. So. Uh, sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned with the production and uh, Frankie Flynn and his goons. Well,
1: and, and it says a lot about the way that match laid out too because it's hard especially on the independents to to cast PB Smooth as an underdog. I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's a seven foot savage. He stands out on the indies. It's tough to, to make it believable so it was a, a fun way to find a way to make it believable that, that Frankie Flynn beats him and you know, maybe threw a little bit of a wrench in your plans if you thought you had everything figured out that night. Yeah. Well, and, and talking about uh, people
0: and goons being involved in matches, the next one we, we go into another rivalry match that's been building for some time. It, it meets its head at Absolution. It's Britt Baker taking on Swaggle. Swaggle, of course, always with dedication personified in his corner. But this one, uh, as we had mentioned previously, a lot of people just came and wanted to pay their respects at Absolution for everything that Chandler built, and because they
2: were there, heck, we had ourselves a lumberjack match. Also, not the original plan. Uh, this uh, this was Swagle wanted to do a weapons match, but which part partially was. Fans bring the weapons. You know, uh, Swaggle had these goons. Britt had Space Monkey and Dick Justice helping her out, but Dick Justice was unable to do Absolution because he was booked for a European tour. So I had to think of a way to try to even the odds for the story, so I came up with this lumberjack idea. Well, then Dick Justice's tour got canceled the week of Absolution, Uh, but we had already announced this lumberjack match and everything else, Uh, so we just just rolled with it, but... uh, I th- I think it you know I I think it worked out very well and uh, I put them on third cuz I told them I said listen this is this is the perfect spot for you because this is either going to go very bad uh because they were just not gelling I guess uh on certain things
1: right well and when you I had said to you you know you you throw the fans bring the weapons stipulation out there and we've got absolutely insane fans when it comes to weapons and they're used to guys like Tim Donst doing this stuff Eric or Ryan. Eric Ryan or yeah. or Nick Gage to where they'll just they make up literally implements of death Sure, and these guys are going, and these people are posting what they're making, it. and I'm like, it's Swoggle and Britt Baker. Like, yeah, come on. What fans. do you think they're like, going to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I like, don't know what you're expecting these guys to do. And credit to both of them, they went out there. And but let's and have performed. a little.
2: Let's have let's have a little common sense, guys. Come on. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, the, you know, they weren't gelling on some things, uh, I guess creatively. And I said, listen, I'm going to put you on third because this is either going to go very bad. And it's going to be on early enough to where people forget about it, or it's going to go extremely well and be very fun, and you guys are going to surprise yourselves. Uh, which I think the latter is what happened. I I, oh, one hundred I absolutely
1: agree. Yeah, that blew. I think it blew expectations and out I of think the water. B- before the match even started, you
0: bring the lumberjacks out, and some of those people flew under the radar. But there were some, some of these fucking lumberjacks booked
1: themselves. I'll tell you well, what. And it's you had a, what happened is I think you had a lot of guys that. Came for the clinic, the Arn Anderson seminar, and yeah, I, I think they were and just they hanging stuck around. around.
2: I think they were just hanging around, and maybe some people grabbed them. Like I know specifically, I saw Kobe Durst and uh, Shane Saber. Saber. I said, "Hey, yeah. you guys want to be lumberjacks? Sure." And then, even
1: some of those guys were like Jim Nye. I think that guy booked himself, dude. Was, it, was the out science there? guy?
2: I saw. I got see this. I go, who who booked the science guy? Where did yeah, the science? Uh, where did the Alpha One science guy come from? Mance
1: maybe? was in there. Mance was. And that actually got a reaction because he's we obviously not familiar to uh, AIW. now he is but right. not familiar to AIW prior to this some local fans were familiar with him from other places uh, yeah, he so they saw him out there and they're like holy crap of course the good I mean Philly Marino experience was oh in absolutely there. well
2: this was also kind of like uh, not to like sound like a jerk off or whatever but yeah this was like the WrestleMania Royal Rumble like battle yeah. royal yeah this, many guys absolutely. out there this was getting we, guys on the show we want you
0: guys in there yeah.
2: You know, uh, they might not have been able to be on the show, like have a match, but it got them out there, and you know, uh, helped include people. You know what I mean? Everybody's picked, you know, everyone has picked to play that. Kaplan thing. came from the concession stand. Kaplan came over there. Funny thing about Kaplan, so you know, Kaplan, <laughs> Kaplan's been showing up, and he's been getting matches when I see him. You know, I think Kaplan specifically showed up way later because every like, I think he likes having matches, but he knows he's like. Not in the best of shape to have matches currently. It, it
0: would have been even later in the show had we started on time, but he didn't know that we didn't do that. So
2: he shows up, and uh, the lumberjacks are coming on. I go, Kaplan, get out there and be a lumberjack, man. He goes, what? I go, you go be a lumberjack, man. It was Swoggle that already done his entrance. I said, before Brick gets out here, however it happened, in between the entrances. So he grabs two beers, and he just stumbles his way out to the ring.
1: Yeah, and he like legitimately came from the concession stand because I the right before the match, I saw him through the crowd at the concession stand and then I see him at ringside all of a sudden.
0: And also making his way out to be a lumberjack, I have to mention because the, the crowd
2: enjoyed it, welcoming back to AIW was Jock Sampson. Oh, he was actually... Uh, I actually told him to go out. So, yeah. Because he showed up because he could not make Chandler's funeral. So he drove to Cleveland, no expectation of working. He said you know, this is my wake. This is my, this is my show of my respect to Biggins. I'm here. I don't want, I don't want it to mm-hmm. be booked. I just want to come. I want to drink some beers with the boys. I want to hang out. And I look, I said, Jack, you want to be a lumberjack? And he cracks a beer. He goes, ah, do I got to put my gear on? I said, Jack, what? you, you like exist in your gear. Yeah. We goes, well, <laughs> do I got to put my boots on? I said, no, you don't have to untie your shoes or no. I think he had flip flops on. <laughs> I said you don't have to put uh, put your boots on. You could just leave your flip flops on. And uh, he said, "Fuck yeah, I'll be go be a lumberjack." And he cracked a beer open. Uh, Went
1: out there with a box of cereal.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I think it was fun. Uh, I, I definitely, you know, uh, Swoggle and Brett are probably two talents that I'm probably hard harder on than most, uh-huh. uh, as far as their performances go. And uh, you know, it's very rare to get a compliment out of me, but I I will say that I couldn't have been prouder of them uh you know the it it ends with the surprise of Adam Cole not planned comes together uh literally an hour before it happens uh he was just there to watch and uh you know it's just one of those things that just comes together when people are getting creative and you you know you you allow this somewhat of creative freedom and you don't like you know I, I don't micromanage a lot of people and you know this. This came to this. Just all came together, kind of like, a, like a last minute thing. And I, I'll just kind of leave it at that. But uh, you know, that, that's. I think that's one of the uh, one of the cool things about AIW is you never know what's going to happen. And a lot of times we don't necessarily know what's going to happen either. It just kind of all comes together based on well, I don't know if it's fate or whatever, but it always seems to work out somehow.
1: Well, and I love he comes running out there in Laredo, Laredo kids of masks. And it's very obviously not Laredo. Laredo Kid has never had this long hair sticking yeah, out of the back which, of the mask. It was also, I, he was right behind me, and I didn't know that this was
0: planned because this was happening as we've already started the show. I turn around, I see Laredo Kid mask. I'm like,
1: and Laredo Kid in a and Dr. Dan t shirt. Right. So he gets in, and, and you know, it, we're kind of on commentary, we're solving this confusion. Apparently, Laredo Kid's getting involved. And it led to my favorite sign off of a match ever probably the greatest line to me of all the times i've worked with aaron is you know we're kind of we're recapping some stuff after the match and aaron goes wait a second wait a second are do you mean to tell me that Adam Cole has been the Laredo kid this whole time. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I just <laughs> set the mic down. I was like, that's it. That's how we're ending that match. <laughs>
0: well, as we move on to the next match, quick shout-out to the Philly Marino experience and the Weird World, who really, truly got into character, knowing ahead of time, and all four dressed up as Lumberjacks with flannel shirts on. So good for them.
2: Uh, and World of is sober-ish.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was. The, to start, anyway. For once. So, the next match we go into, this was a, a really first time anywhere. Uh, a newcomer to AIW, he was welcomed uh, a couple months before by John Thorne at the after party. With hey, all graciousness. Welcome to the team speech. <laughs> welcome to the team, Tom Lawler. And uh, hey, man, you get Eddie Kingston at absolution. <laughs> That's a great welcome
2: to the team. I Well, he had said, you know, I think it, he was he, on he board won. with it. He, he wanted oh, that. Match. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, he, he and I. Uh, that's
2: how I welcome you to the team. I give you what you want. Won't
1: Tom, <laughs> Lawler and I listen, I've been on board since you brought him up in the discussion for Jaylit. I'm a fan of his. Going back to his MMA days, uh, you know, obviously a lot of these guys that have made the crossover have have succeeded. Have you know adapted very well. I think Lawler has the most charisma of anyone that's made that crossover. I think, I think Tom
2: Lawler is the is the the most total package as far as uh all around professional wrestling goes so, yeah
1: when the idea of him for jay came up i was on board i said i remember saying at the time i don't know you know i didn't know he had done independent wrestling prior to getting an mma at the time so i said i don't know what he you know what he brings in the ring but he definitely will get it quicker than anybody else uh, and obviously showed jay weekend so i remember i was standing at the concession stand with john and i said you know, I. Man, he, uh, like, I like it. And he had called Hot Sauce and Eddie Kingston with me. Right. Jay at Weekend. And so he, I said, man, I like him. I You know, I'd love to see more of him. And John said, I think I'm, think I'm going to do him in Kingston. And I was talking to all about it, and he had just done an interview that day. And they had asked him, well, who is there out there? And that was fresh in his mind. He said, I'd love to work with, you know, I'd love to wrestle either one of them. So he, he wanted to to work Kingston you know so when he when we said well hey we're gonna bring you back for absolution you and kingston and he was on board for it then
0: and that was a match that on paper uh it could go either way probably in your eyes john did you feel like that you got we've talked about on this podcast before did you get uh cut off t-shirt and shorts eddie kingston or did you oh, we got gear yeah it was I, I think it
2: was a lot so I, I i think that a lot goes into that you know what i mean uh a, you know, I tell Eddie Kingston, you know, uh, I say, I want it all, man. King's Road, you know. Which, what I mean? by
0: the way, he listens to this podcast. And uh, on, on our drive back to Yonkers, that conversation was brought up, and he still thinks it's hilarious.
2: What, sweatpants? Jim Shorts Eddie versus hey, man, Gear Eddie. Hey, man, you know, th- go back and, uh, you know. <laughs> have, you're not wrong. Have a focus no, group. You're not. I, you're not I, wrong I at all. That too. Yeah. I want to have a focus group. I want people to watch Jim Shorts Eddie Kingston matches, and I want people to watch Gear Eddie Kingston matches, <laughs> and I want you to tell me which one fucking delivers. Uh, Eddie had the fucking gear on. You know, Eddie... Uh, was feeling emotional because of Chandler Biggins, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, he told me, he said, uh, you know, uh, I want every, you know, I, I think he might have said this in the meeting. I don't know because, like I said, I wasn't there. But he told me uh, before he went out, he said, listen, I want I want you to know and I want everyone to know that Chandler, uh, Chandler may be gone, but he's not gone because he's going to live on through these matches that we have on these shows and he's like and he I'm
1: absolutely up. made made a comment to
2: that and he said i'm about to go have one of those matches and i said all right eddie i see you don't got your fucking sweatshorts on let's do it
1: <laughs> and I, I really think that they did have one of those matches either i i was actually disappointed like of all the matches that night that was the one i was most looking for it's just in my wheelhouse it's it's very much a type of match i'm a fan and i actually there was the one match i didn't call that night uh, Aaron, I knew Dom would want to call it, and Aaron was doing a lot that night because Joe wasn't there with us, so Aaron had yeah. had kind of given, I had given him carte blanche to to just pick whatever he wanted to call. So I said, you know, I'm confident, you know, some of the younger guys I may not be as confident to put with, with Aaron. Uh, I said, you know, I've worked with Dom. He'll be able to work with you, no problem. Do you guys want this one? And then I was downstairs for it, and I actually I was downstairs enjoying the sole air conditioning we had in that building that night. And I
2: was like, "Oh, there was crap. air conditioning. There was just too many there people. Was so there. many people. It wasn't downstairs working, right? was
1: downstairs yeah. was amazing. It was about for the fans that were wondering, you know, about how hot it was upstairs. Downstairs, it was a good twenty to thirty degree drop when you walk down those stairs and to the locker and room. Say,
0: this was the first match of the night where the ring started to take its toll because there were so many people." and that AC just couldn't work hard enough. Uh, I mean that canvas
2: was
1: uh, pretty pretty wet. But uh, uh I was downstairs and I made the trip back up in the heat cuz I was like I really got to watch this match.
2: Uh, yeah man and like when I would come up from the locker room my glasses would fog. <laughs> So, I uh, like a lot of guys. A lot of guys weren't watching the show like usual. A lot of guys were just hanging out downstairs. No, that locker
1: room was heaven on earth that night.
0: Some of us didn't get to change out of our absolution attire uh, attire and sat ringside in a three piece suit the entire time. So, I took that suit off or the announce
1: table. I
2: took that suit off as soon as that 10 bell was over. man. man,
1: You just admitted to making trips downstairs, Matt Watts. I made one, (laughs) one, and I didn't even stay down there. Actually, I didn't have a choice. That, that armband, I had to have my yeah, son, as really, many really of you stricken, probably see my son yeah. comes to the shows with me. I had to have him put the armband on me because I couldn't pull it up over that sleeve. I went under the, under the jacket there, brother. <laughs> uh, so going from
0: one match into the next in, in terms of people, another kind of slow rivalry rival build, recent one as of late, Ethan Page, Sean Schultz in the... Borrow matches we've already talked about duke and jock samson and if you listen to this show one of ethan page's favorite matches ever
2: in aiw history this match was good it wasn't jock it wasn't jock and duke i'll say that <laughs> No, jock and duke it was good it just it was different uh like i said I'll, I'll put sean schultz over to the end of time i don't think he gets enough credit yeah uh, sure ethan page probably uh, gets a, a ton of credit so you know i don't have to say that but uh you know i think the i think the big story of the match here is uh you know ethan page's uh speech that he uh that he gives after the match, after the after match where yep. he essentially just talks to Chandler biggins and it's a very uh it's a very emotional moment uh i can't really i i can't really do it justice you just have to watch it for yourself uh that that's really the, you know the the match is the match is good um but that's really that's really the moment that uh, uh that really stands out to me it,
1: yeah, I got to spend the entire match ripping out of the potato, which is rare as the traditional good guy announcer. Came off their wrist a few times. Uh, no enforcement from the referee of the sole rule. As, and I did see people on Twitter complaining afterwards. I'll have you know, we called him out for it on commentary. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and it was addressed a couple times during the course of the match. I mean, he was shouting. He at them, was trying to get him, on. yeah. But as we've alluded to many times... Uh, Yes, Whiskers. We hear you. But as we <laughs> as we talk about things that happen with Chandler Biggins, every time you think that you're going to be upset, something happens. And I'm standing there in ringside, and Ethan Pages is, is just
2: like you said, talking to Chandler Biggins. And I'll, I'll admit that I was backstage, and that uh, that his speech made me cry. That was the th- yeah. That was the only thing that broke me. That day. I was ready
0: to lose it and I'm standing there in front of everybody and I'm like you cannot you cannot lose it like you've still got this thank God that was the match before intermission because we got to take that time and then on top of that he's finished uh, talking and then it dawns on me I'm like is Sean Schultz still laying on the other side of the ring (laughs) he's a page talked for I don't know it was like Man. at least a five-minute, maybe yeah, was longer promo. It was a good amount of time. And I was thinking, "Was Sean Schultz been just laying on the other side of the ring? The entire time? I walked over, and sure as shit, there he is. <laughs> and he just starts slowly crawling to the back. And I just up, picked up the rope like he was a dog. I just pretend to walk him to the back. And I'm like, this is my saving grace right now, is him still being in this moment. And everybody just being so pissed that he would not get up and walk up the <laughs> ramp. Crawled his way all the way to the back, and then when he finally did probably a two minute crawl. I just go, and now we're going to take a short intermission break. (coughs) That saved me from breaking down and just bawling my eyes out after, uh, Ethan page talked there on the mic. (laughs) So, you know, we hit, we hit intermission at that point. Um, I mean, with all the emotion taking us up and down, up and down, the crowd's still great. They're right there with us again. Thank you all for being there right there with us because you kept us going there. Uh, we come out of intermission, and what's your thought here, John Thorne? Did you think that this was going to start at hot? Because now we roll into old AIW,
2: new AIW. Well, my thought was is I really wanted to put Yim versus Shayna Baszler there, but okay. I figured that they were girls and they'd be selling merch, so I didn't want them to have to rush uh, and get get ready uh, okay. too quickly. So uh, I wanted to put this match on later, but I figured you know uh, a lot of these guys uh, – would be they, they would be ready to go after intermission. So that the was the students
1: my... aren't selling a ton of especially on a show like Absolution. They're not selling a ton right. of merchandise. So I figured,
2: you know, let's let's just roll with it. And again, you know, this was another one of those things kind of like Swoggle and Brit. It's either going to go really good or really bad. There's going to be no in between. Uh I know that these veteran these veteran guys don't really like them that much. to, uh, to be perfectly frank and honest, they they don't. There is legit animosity there uh for whatever reason.
1: Uh, so well, I think it comes down to one of the stories we were telling with it that may have a little bit of basis in reality is the, is the concern of losing your spot of the new guys trying to claim a spot. And, and some of these older guys that may worry that they're, they're expendable.
2: Yeah. And, and these guys showed up learning how to wrestle already in great shape. Yeah. So, you know, it was either going to go good or bad. Uh, uh there was a attempts to maybe, uh, I guess, derail it a little bit throughout the match, uh, I, you know, a, a few things don't go uh, as planned, but it still ends up being probably one of the most memorable matches of the evening. Uh, the crowd absolutely losing their minds for the entire match. Uh, which is, which was going to, my initial thought of how it was going to go, which is why I wanted to put it on later. Uh, kind of put Yim and Baszler in a tough spot, uh, You know, uh, their match was great too. I just think it would have been uh, well more like way more memorable if it would have come on at that uh, after intermission spot instead of following the student match. Uh, But you know, uh, you you live and you learn, and you know, there's never a right or wrong decision. Uh, You know, you can always you you, after every show. I want to want to change about ten different things. Uh, so, you know, uh, it is what it is, but uh, this match, I think, as off the, off the rails as it got at times, I think it still turned out uh, amazing and was a, a great showcase for, for all parties involved, uh, especially the students who, uh, I don't know if they were supposed to get beat up that bad. I don't know <sighs> if the veterans realized that uh, they were just getting them over the, the more beating that they were giving them. Uh, yeah,
0: the, if the idea was for the veterans to try to be like, hey, we're welcoming you guys to the show, kids. It just got uh, them It
2: got them so much more over than probably yeah. was initially planned uh, because they just kept getting back up, and then the crowd just wanted them uh, more and more. more and more.
1: Well, and the crowd knew what they were capable of, and they kept waiting for it and waiting for it, and they were waiting for it to build. Um, well, and this is another one of those matches you talked about with the with – the lumberjacks earlier it, it essentially started out almost as that wrestlemania battle royal because i remember we were looking at an early lineup and there were right. a couple open slots and among those listed as being available you had an eric ryan a matthew justice uh you had the fuckets, you yeah. know the fuckets, you had the studs and i remember i brought up then and this was before this batch of students had debuted so it turned out way better than anything i had in mind um, but I was like, well, maybe you do, like, a new AIW, old AIW, and at the time it was, like, Gary and and maybe Weird World or something against the studs, and because we were coming off of Matthew Justice having that unbelievable match with Tolar, oh, where, yeah. where kind of uh, old AIW had made a statement. Next episode, yeah. So I was like, well, maybe we go with something like that, and that, it was just a way to get them on the show. Um, and it ended up being, obviously, once this batch of students debuted and showed what they can do, it ended up being so much more than that. Yeah,
0: and so coming off of how hot that went, uh, like John said, wondering how they follow and how that happens is the women's subtle match, Shayna Baszler and Mia Yim. And if you follow along AIW Hardcore, you'll realize that really the only woman to defeat Uh, Shayna Baszler or last woman maybe I should say is Mia Yim and here Shayna's ran roughshod over all of AIW women's division for
2: the better part of the last year and you know there was going to be more to the story you know uh, it's just uh, I wanted promos and things to lead up to it Uh, with everything going on uh, with Biggins it the the story here kind of lacked what the original plan was on paper uh, that's you know that's that's more my fault than anybody else's uh, but uh, I, I don't think we did a good enough job of d- making people realize that you know Mia Yim did beat Shayna she's the only person to beat Shayna uh, I think there would have been more drama if we would have been able to cl- uh, better got that point across uh, but like I said you know there was a lot going on so we did not uh, we did not get that point across as much as I would have liked to
1: yeah if you watched it, uh, on DVD or or streaming or anything like that, you get that because we we emphasize it on commentary. Sure, Dom and I did, but obviously the it it wasn't you know it was alluded to in the build up, but not necessarily explicitly stated.
0: Yeah. Uh, next match is as we roll in. Here is uh, the intense championship. Joey Janela uh, taking on Alex Daniels with of course Greg Iron always close by. And uh, that's another one. This was a rivalry that had been built up for the better part of a year. And uh, Joey Janela is just one of those guys. The crowd has come to love
1: and, and
2: adore. Joey, Joey Janela is not the guy in AEW. He is the guy everywhere right and now. In independent he is wrestling, right now, yeah. currently. He's- and uh, Now, while we didn't get him before everybody else, we were very much early adapters. Early, yeah. uh yeah. And uh, I had been ready to make Joey the guy since before the Zandig fall. Uh, that kind of sidelined things they a little did, bit.
1: Yeah, it, it put him on the shelf, and uh, which, you know, then which when
2: ironically he, also got him
0: more adulation for their rations. Right. Like right.
2: It, it it ended up being probably one of the best things that happened to his career overall. Just kind of sidelined plans for him uh, in AIW probably a little bit, or not sidelined, but, you know, postpone them a little bit. You know, I, I wanted, I wanted Joey Janela to probably win that belt, uh, last November, but, uh, you know, he, he got booked for some European tours and then, you know, other things happened and, uh, you got to work around schedules. So then it's like, okay, the uh, next best thing, let's just, let's just make it happen for Absolution. Uh, and you know, here we are at Absolution a little bit later than I wanted it to happen. Uh, you know, it was never the plan to make Alex a big, uh, a big, longest reigning, intense champion. Uh, it just kind of happened by, you know, by default. To you know, like let's 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 uh, get Joey ready was sort of the thing because Joey uh, Joey is not only going to be the guy at AIW. Joey's going to be the guy, you know, unlike some other talents you could book. Joey's going to be a guy that will draw attention to AIW because he goes out of his way you know there's a lot of guys that just get booked and that's it and they they just think that's good enough. Joey Janela will go the extra mile to try to draw attention to the promotion and right. raise the profile of the promotion which is you know uh, which is the proper way to do things if you're a wrestler, you know. Um and uh so that was kind of you know where we were at. It was just kind of like let's let's get you know let's get Joey ready. Let's you know let's make him a, a featured player and you know he, we we got there and we got it done. And it, and it really did you know, it did end up helping this
0: match in terms of story, though, making that uh, long, I guess, transition, so to speak, from where he was to coming into this. You know, you have the Alex going longer and longer with the title reign, and you have Joey close a couple times, and people just waiting for Joey to be a part of something. He's in, what, the final three or four at Gauntlet He's in that final match for, uh, for Jaylit. So finalist. people were ready for something, and and they were on board. And and, and and you know, truthfully, as weird as it was, the way things worked out, all those cards stacking up in the deck
2: led to it led to a, a great showing here. Like I said, you know, once the schedules and things came together, it became more about okay, like let's make it matter, let's build a story. Yeah. yeah. And let's make, you know, that's what let's make yeah. it about Joey and make people, you know, care when Joey wins, you know, uh, instead of just hot-shotting the belt on
1: him. Right. Well, and Joey's a guy that I think really fits the aesthetic of AIW. You know, he's a guy you can put in there with Scott Norton and Glacier and He's going to make these guys look like a million bucks. He's going to make them look like they haven't stopped wrestling. Like it's still the, you know, the mid to late 90s and they're on Monday night. And he's going to go. And he's a guy you can put in there with facade and he's going to blow your minds and throw his body all over the place and have this insane match.
2: Yeah. I think, I think Joey Janela really embodies uh, independent wrestling as a whole. Uh, He's not a one trick pony. He's a, and uh to me i think you know he is the guy right now no no questions asked the guy in independent wrestling i don't think that there is a a a talent that's hotter than him uh, across the board um and that says a lot for a guy that you know pretty much never even trained to be a wrestler you know uh he was just a student of the game he'll tell you you know he went to hundreds of seminars to to try to learn how to be a wrestler and uh, you know, it's it's finally paying off. And uh, another thing about Joey Janela, he has a, a really good attitude. You know, there's no there's never an issue when you book Joey Janela, uh, and I think that's that probably has a lot to do with why he's getting opportunities uh, all over the world, essentially. But uh, I'm happy that uh, you know he's one of the guys representing the company. You know, going forward from Absolution,
0: uh, Joey Janela learned how to wrestle doing seminars. You say, yes. Oh, wow. So, I don't know if we mentioned that earlier in the podcast, which yeah, maybe we did, maybe we didn't, but uh, it turns out AIW's got a seminar with Dean Malenko coming up on September 15th. Might have a couple spots available still if you're somebody trying to learn how to wrestle.
2: So I, I think uh, there might be three. Three available. Yeah,
0: sign up for that, folks. Uh, so, that's that match. The next match at Absolution is a rematch of sorts. It is another four-way. It's a four-way tag match. It happened at Gauntlet for the Gold, uh, kind of stole the show there and not it's not even
1: kind of, it definitely did. Yeah. Well, I, I want to give
0: the gauntlet it's due, but it's, uh, an unbelievable spectacle that they put on a gauntlet for the gold. And it's a four way tag match. The same exact four teams happening in absolution for the tag titles to infinity and beyond crazy pain, DJ Z and Laredo kid, uh, and facade with flip Kendrick. um, watch the match, it is amazing
2: everything that they do, all sorts of
0: uh, wonderful I mean, things I guess the big story is, is the
2: Flip Kendrick injury and
0: that's what I'm going to say, and, and then it, uh, it, we have the Flip Kendrick injury, he's uh,
1: you know coming off the top supposed to go to the outside, does a double backflip the, the double rotation, the moonsault double moonsault, which we, he's done clean before, I think there was a, a lot of people that aren't familiar with him are like, well why do you go for that he has, We've, yes. he's, he's he has done, done, done it before. and hit it this clean before, this wasn't a new before. thing this it wasn't, wasn't its absolution, and I'm going I'm to gonna throw go. it against the wall, and let's see if I can hit it. He's right. done it flawlessly in the past, and multiple,
2: multiple times. Multiple times. And, uh, you know, he hits his head. It's a very scary situation. Uh, I'd never seen anything like that. His, you know, uh, words can't even describe, like, what his face looked like immediately. Um, you know, luckily, you know, there was uh, some nurses there. Uh, Chandler's mom also there. Yeah. Um, She's a nurse. Pedro, Pedro has some medical Pedro has some medical training. So, uh, there's. Direct directions, uh, girlfriend. Yeah. Was there. She's a nurse. So, uh, there's uh, there a lot of people there. They got him taken care of very quickly. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the science guy, Jim Nye, and, uh, uh, drives him to the, uh, drives him to the emergency room. Um, you know, I know several people went and stayed with him. He ends up, uh, you know, getting, uh, not getting treated till about seven o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah. They had posted that he was there. You know, when he finally posted that he was leaving, it was, I think, six, seven o'clock the next morning. And, uh,
2: you know, he ends up with 10. 10- Ten stitches, which uh, it could have been way worse.
1: Well, and that was part of they were waiting to see, waiting on results. I think they had said on, on broken bones. They thought they were going to need to do plastic surgery to reconstruct his face. And that's the one
0: thing we say. I know a lot of people follow us along on Twitter, and they maybe seen the updates, but a lot of people don't, and only listen to this podcast. Or now, at this point, you've watched Absolution, and you have no idea what the heck the result was because you didn't go back on social media miraculously flip was able to get stitches and that was that was it the, it really it was, was best a, case scenario yeah, i would say it really was a
1: best case scenario outcome I, I, believe, I mean probably
2: a concussion.
1: A scary
0: i believe he had a concussion t-
2: but you know i talked to him uh a few days later and uh he was already you know back to work and uh he said the swelling was going down and he was you know he was feeling better uh, I was, i've tried to stay in contact with him as much as possible but i also don't want to be overbearing on him but uh you know he says the healing process is going well so you know uh, all i can say is uh you know shout out to flip kendrick you know hopefully a speedy recovery and hopefully this does not uh derail your pro wrestling career uh because you know he's been a long time asset to aw he's
1: always been an mvp for aw and i would hate
2: for you know this to, to be the uh I guess the uh, the final moment, uh, so to speak. Right. So you know the ball's kind of in his court. You know he was kind of you know uh, f- out of wrestling for the most part, except for aw up until this point. So I'm just gonna kind of give him his space and see you know how he feels. it is always weeks. open situation. Um, but yeah, you know uh, that's that's really the story of the match. You know uh, up until that point it was awesome. Uh, after that point it was just kind of like everyone's a little bit in shock. Um, let me, let me pull back the curtain here quite a
0: bit, John. I'm going to ask you a question because a lot of people have posed this question to me and I heard it asked that night and I've heard it asked since. Um, you know, the initial ending when we had this four-way at Gauntlet for the gold involved the taser. It's Gringo Loco. He's coming out of a heart attack. He gets the taser and Two Infinity and Beyond wins the title. The finish to this match that night as well, even after... What happened with Flip? Uh, it's supposed. It involves this taser. As the guy that runs the show, in hindsight, do you think? Ooh, you know, maybe. Gosh, I wish that kind of wasn't an end to that match. Um, I because mean, coming out of that, I, I don't know how you switch. But
2: you can't switch. You can't switch it. Once no, it's yeah, in on once the fly, it's in motion You're not gonna be able to. You know, like. It is. It, it just is what it is. It's an unfortunate situation. Uh, but you know those guys coming in, uh, they're in shock. Uh, you know that's all they know is what they got to get to at that point. You know yeah. what I mean? You uh, there's really not more of an audible to to pull. You know there's uh, there's not headsets. This is not WWE. You know we right. can't uh, you, we can't call things on the fly like that. Uh, maybe that. And everybody that could have made those decisions. Myself included were with Flip Kendrick in the locker room. yeah, uh,
0: and and I maybe would have been the guy that honestly relays that to somebody, but again, with
2: everybody else too. and there's no way there's no way that that there's no way that that could have changed. It just was what it was at this point. and,
0: and so there there's your answer, folks. I think sometimes that's a lot of that's one of the things that a lot of people miss is, look, this isn't w w e. Uh, there aren't guys. Our referees don't have headsets. They don't have earpieces in and somebody in the back saying, oh, do this instead. Do this instead. Uh, so as dire of a situation it was, we, we got to roll with what we what we got there. Folks. And and honestly, maybe that's a blessing in disguise because that's such a big um,
2: thing. The guys uh, know they got to get to it. It, it, it. You know what I'm, I mean? It kind of helps them feed towards I, the rest of it. I mean, unfortunately, after the flip kendrick injury uh the show unfortunately had to go on uh but the crowd was pretty much punched
1: out after seeing that you know for that match i think they were yes i felt like they because i was concerned with the main event coming that it just completely deflated the crowd at least live, it felt like they came back for that main event. And that's what I was going to ML- oh, say. Speak to
2: that, up. Flip Kendrick actually just texted me. Oh. He said he's doing good. He actually went back to the gym and started working out today.
0: All right. There you go. Well, and, and then there we go. We lead into the main event of the night. And I again, as we talk about AIW is one of those places we try try to build stories, try to get you behind people. This, this is this, a story. This is a fantastic example of that story. It's the... Absolute championship match. Tim Donce is your champion. He has just been making Josh Prohibition nuts for the last year that he's had the title, and then he lost it to Dons at Gauntlet for the gold. Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, is involved in this match. He's a guy who had a chance to win it at Gauntlet for the gold, didn't, but then thanks to j he wins the Jaylett tournament, so and the crowd a, has always been shot. behind Hot Sauce for the better part of a year now. He gets his shot, and then if there is no better story... In AIW from the year 2016 and going midway into 2017. I mean, I I ask you to find me a better story than that of Lewis Linden, the captain of the ship, the gauntlet of the gold winner uh, in 2017. And there he is in this four-way as well because he earned his title shot.
1: I love him. Uh, Lewis is fantastic. He's another guy, obviously uh, so right alongside flip. He's been a long, long time. Just an MVP does whatever is asked. One Talk of the most about-
2: underrated guys on all of independent wrestling. Yeah. Talk about
0: emotional investment into a match. And I feel
2: if flip doesn't get hurt right beforehand, uh, that, uh, that is awful for Lewis Linden, who is his brother, as many people know, right. Uh, you know, he's got to see that and then he's got to go do this main event. Uh, but I feel if that doesn't happen with Flip Kendrick, the crowd is even more on fire, and they they still work. Give,
0: you know, we give them credit, and I think a lot of it too is because, you know, we got to see Flip, for the most part, move under his own power, leaving there. Uh, but yeah, the crowd were still on fire once these guys start coming out for this match. And I mean, the match is
2: great. Um, you know, uh, just a perfect main of ev- like main event style match um and, you know we don't have to go into the whole thing um you know the only unfortunate incident to happen there is josh Prohibition did suffer an injury and he's kind of up in the air on shows going forward
1: after this well because he almost didn't make it to absolution right you know yeah.
2: he, he's you know he's been dealing with an injury uh so you know he he's kind of you know touch and go uh after this as of now but uh you know he goes out and he does the main event and it's uh it's it truly is a, it's just I, I feel it's you know perfect main event style you know what i mean it's not yeah and uh, there's a difference you know there is there's indie main event and there's main event style and i feel that this is main event this style, is main event, yeah. this is storytelling this is pro wrestling uh this isn't going to be a five star match by any means uh it's di- it's a, it's a totally different presentation uh, which I prefer and I like and this is uh, you know this is a lot of sacrificing main events on other shows and building stories uh, to finally get to this point to where I'm I, I feel it, it went as good as possible and knowing how the show con- was going to conclude uh, with Nick Gage making his surprise return. Which, you know, that had been booked uh, for well, months.
0: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Right when you thought, especially the fans, because, you know, these shows obviously they go later into the evening. Uh, match is over. Tim Dons wins. People
1: kind of starting to file wow, out. Well, and that was people, one of my, sta- people start running out, and you know uh, that was one of my biggest fears. Is I was like, if we don't get to it quick, we're gonna lose the crowd, like physically lose the crowd before yep. Gage comes out. And I told
2: Trexler, I said, as soon as Pedro finishes saying, or Steve, Steve. finishes saying, uh, see, you still, you still can't get over, man. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, as soon as Steve finishes saying "Danced," hit that fucking Metallica, and
1: he did. I mean, that was because I was like, "Man, if they play p- dance music and then..." No,
2: I said no dance music. I said right to Metallica,
1: because that was uh, Carson was on commentary with me for that match, and he's da 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 da, and I was like no, Gage's music is playing already. So I was like, I don't want to interrupt you, but that's not Tim Don's music because yeah. <laughs> I wanted that moment you to hear the, the to gong, hit.
2: the bells gong. And uh, people started running back into the building.
1: Literally. I mean, I saw people sprint out of the bleachers to the guardrail. People were coming back
2: in p- th- People like people were flipping thrift out. store thrift store jobber is losing his mind. Just Adam Laporta I, Laporta out. almost put a hole
1: in the gym floor. Adam I think,
2: Laporta with the and Dustin
0: Alberti slamming the guardrail into the crowd. Joe Norris had to yell at them.
2: Yeah, people are losing their minds for Nick Gage. Nick, uh, Nick Gage goes into the crowd. Nick Gage does what he does. He cuts a promo so loud. He's screaming so loud the that mic's he, cutting. <laughs> he fucking tops out the mics. And there's no way that you can even hear this promo on the DVD because he's screaming so loud that he just peeks the mics uh, and everything he's he saying blew him out he blew he blows out the mics and uh, God knows what he said but well, it was it was very emotional I will say that that's another one
1: is he did say and I I, say, I think
2: it's because it.
0: of Chandler Biggins that I'm here right now
2: and you know it killed yeah, him I, that we he had said had more colorfully than I you know I did, we, we had to he could not come out for the 10 bell because we did not want to ruin that surprise yeah, couldn't have um, it. and he understood that and you know he just sat back and he waited for his you know for his moment but you know he yeah. had, he had been down uh, in the in entire a, in, show in, in I mean, a hidden. Wasn't even. Yep. He was in a hidden room downstairs for for hours. There's people at the. Sh- There's people on the show that didn't know that he was there. Yeah, uh, you know, keeping keeping secrets like the fucking goddamn Sting was coming back or something. <laughs> it
0: was Ronda Rousey here again. My yeah. goodness, uh, yeah. And then at that that end of the show. A little known fact to end the show it wasn't Tim Downs or Nick Gage that walked out of that gymnasium with the absolute title. I'll just have you guys know. It, Who was it? It was uh, Steve Guy.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> so it got left in the middle of the ring. I went in the ring, and it's just sitting there, and everybody started.
2: Hopefully so, you FedExed it to the champ.
0: Yeah. First and last time ever that uh, I will get a Steve fucking Guy chant. It was happening, and I was like, oh, I better pick this up. We'll give it to the crowd. And they enjoyed it, and then went back to dance. Uh, that was the, that was the show. That was Absolution. Um, you know, Thorne, up to you here as we wind
2: down. We had a new after-party location. This is a little long. We don't need to go into all the after party. There parties you go. Stuff. All right. Uh, I will say the two things. Uh, two things that I will I will say that happened. Uh, one, since uh, we had a horseman at absolution, I uh, I walked into the bar. I threw down a hundred bucks. I said, "Give me twenty shots," and uh, I started that passing happened. those out to everyone that I could see. Yep. And. Uh, then uh, at one point after I consumed quite a bit of those shots and various other of these alcoholic slushies, slushies they had there, yeah, uh, shout out to those alcoholic slushies. We're going back to the fun house on uh, in September. I hope. I hope we could work that out. We're working on a deal. We're trying to figure something out. But uh, you know, uh, I think people had a lot of fun there. But uh, anyway, you know, the, the only other thing I did there since it was Swaggles last night for a while, walked right up to him, kicked him right on the ground.
1: I was going to ask about that one. I saw the tweets, and uh, I'm a family man. I don't get to go to these after parties. I head home, and I saw a tweet, and I was like, what
2: happened? Yeah, he got kicked to the ground. Right in front of Tom Lawler. He thought it was fucking hilarious. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. You know, the after parties are the after parties, and uh, if this wasn't so long, we can get more into detail on them, but... Uh, we're going to have to leave this one uh, up to everyone's imagination.
0: Yep. Uh, sorry, sorry, but not sorry was so long, folks. We want to make sure that we covered everything that we were all going through leading up to the show uh, with Chandler. Of course, we want to cover the show for you itself. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this and appreciate this episode for Matt Wadsworth and owner of AIW, John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy, and we'll talk to you guys next week. You're on AIW's The Card Is Going to Change.
2: Go buy some DVDs on Smartberg Video.